Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Hi, Encounter Church family. It's my absolute pleasure and privilege to be bringing the Word of God to you today. If you've got a Bible or a Bible app with you, or you can sit next to someone who's got that. Hey, today I want to talk about why reading the Bible is important. Firstly, if you're not a believer and possibly sceptical, then I want to suggest that reading the Bible is important because then at least you really know what you don't believe. Uh, Also, if you're not a believer and you're thinking of believing, then reading the Bible can give you a more objective basis and a logical basis to the spiritual choice that you're considering. But secondly, if you are a believer, then the same applies. That is, Scripture gives a logic which comes from the word logos, which is word, to the feeling and thinking and experience that occurs when we're following Jesus. It gives us a foundation for what our faith is. But it's so much more than that as well. You know, one of the most famous Christians of all time, his name was Augustine. We know him as Saint Augustine. Let me read to you how he was converted to Christ. Augustine's life as a young man was characterised by loose living and a search for answers to life's basic questions. And he would follow various philosophers only to then become disillusioned with their teachings. And he gradually became aware that even the most sophisticated thinking and practice was still unable to provide satisfactory answers to his probing questions. Well, at this time, Augustine went to hear the preaching of a man we now know as St. Ambrose, the Bishop of Milan. Well, at first, he only went to hear Ambrose's eloquent style of speaking. But the Bishop's preaching led Augustine to a new understanding of the Bible and Christian faith. Well, sometime later that year, in the year 386, Augustine and his friend were just sitting outdoors and Augustine heard the voice of a child singing a song. Translated, the song says, pick it up and read it. Pick it up and read it. Well, he thought at first that the song was related to some kind of children's game, but he and his friend and no one could ever remember having heard such a song before. Then the thought came to Augustine. Perhaps this is the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, telling him to open and read the scriptures. So he located a Bible, he picked it up, he opened it, and he read the first passage he saw. It was a letter from Paul to the church in Rome, where it said, Not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual excess and lust, not in quarrelling and jealousy, rather... Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. From Romans chapter 13, verses 13 to 14. When Augustine read that scripture, 
He felt his heart flood with light. He turned totally from his life of sin to Jesus Christ. He was baptised. His son was baptised. His friend was baptised by Bishop Ambrose during Easter, April 24th, the year 387. Augustine went on to become a powerful influence on the spirituality and theology of the Christian church. Friends, Augustine was impacted by the Bible. He was impacted by the preaching of the Bible, the Word of God, but his conversion, his understanding, his logos was confirmed by the reading of the Word of God, the Bible, and the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, filled him and entered his heart. Friends, reading and reflecting on the Bible is essential. It's essential to faith. It's essential to growth in faith. That's the power and impact of the Bible. Well, the Bible's a big book. In fact, Bible, from which we get the word biblios or bibliography, really means a book with many books. So there are 66 books in the Bible written over 1,500 years by 40 different authors of varying, evolving cultural background. The Bible's stories and written testimony precedes the greatest of empires and it's endured through the greatest of empires, be they Egyptian, Israelite, Assyrian, Babylonian, Persian, Greek and Roman. There is quite literally no other book like it. The Bible has prehistory. It has grand narratives. It has deeply personal stories. It has the law, it has judges and kings, priests, prophets, songs, proverbs, poems, letters, commentary. It has the unanswered questions and the heights and depths of human emotion and, and the experience and lives that, and it lives comfortably in the contradictions and unresolved things of life. Friends, the Bible is mind-blowingly big and miraculously focused. And its fulfillment is in one person, Jesus Christ. Jesus said all the law, all the prophets, all that is written testifies to me. In fact, there are over 40 specific references in thousands of verses that are fulfilled by Jesus in a way that could only be God. Some people say, well, what about science? What about what we know? Well, it's not anti-science. Friends, science answers the question of what, whereas the Bible answers the question of why and how. Most importantly, alongside pointing to Jesus, the Bible makes the claim itself that it is inspired by God's Holy Spirit. In fact, Paul the Apostle, who wrote much of the last quarter of the Bible, wrote these words to his ministry mentoree, who was called Timothy. And if you've got a Bible with you, you can look up 2 Timothy 3. If you're new to the Bible and unfamiliar, that's okay, you can just listen. 2 Timothy 3 verse 14 says this, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it and how from 
infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, there's a very good book that's been written called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. It's an excellent book. Everyone should buy it. I don't claim to match that book today, but I do want to offer a few things that come from this important passage about the Bible. And the first point is this. All Scripture is God-breathed. That is, the Bible is inspired by God. The curious thing about the Bible is that the Bible is 100% inspired by God, but it's also 100% written by fallible people. That's the miracle of the Bible. That, my friends, is its power. And it is read by 100% fallible people who need the Holy Spirit, who form the Bible to show us and awaken our faith and insight when we read it. But friends, when we approach the Bible, I encourage you to have the faith to go, this is God-breathed. The second thing that this passage says is that the Bible is useful. That word means advantageous. It means it will give you an advantage in life. Do you want an advantage in life? Do you want to get ahead? Well, the Bible's claim is that by reading the Bible, by letting the Holy Spirit apply it to your life in Christian community, you will have an advantage. In fact, we know from statistics, if people grow up or establish themselves in communities where the Bible is preached and Christ and personal faith, exponentially, the number of wiser choices, less bad choices will happen. The third thing is this. The Bible is an advantage to teaching us about God's way for life. It says it's useful for teaching. And that word teaching means doctrine or belief system. That is, the Bible and the summaries that the Bible gives within itself create a reference point for what we need to think and believe. The Bible's teaching and doctrine is vital. Fourthly, the Bible gives its own proof or voice of reason. The, Paul says it's useful for re rebuking. Well, what that word means is reproofing. Let me give you an example. From building a fence to planting a veggie garden to even building a house, builders will use what we call a plumb line. Now, in older days, it was literally a line. It was a, a line with a strong, heavy object tied to it that when hung from a reference post would always be straight. When you build, when you built it, you would adjust and check your wall, not by sight, not by feeling, but rather by the plumb line that was its own proof. It was its own voice of reason by which the wall stood or fell. And that's what Paul's talking about. It's a reproof. This world can get crazy. 
winds blow, situations, circumstances happening, but the person who establishes their life by the teach, the whole of the teaching of the Bible has a reproof. We can reproof, we can realign with what is true. Well, fifthly, the Bible by the Spirit corrects and restores. That is, it's useful for correcting, or the word is restoring. That is, the Bible is not just principles. It's not just universal law. It is also the summary of God's restoring grace and his nature to buy back, renew, seek, to save what was lost and restore what was stolen. In fact, the story is that in Oxford University, there was a a great conference of world theologians who all came together, all Bible scholars, to answer the question, what, what is the Bible really about? Well, the great author, but layman, C.S. Lewis, Lewis was also at Oxford at the time. And he happened to walk past. And they called out to him. They said, C.S., what do you think the Bible's all about? They'd been talking for days about this. Well, C.S. Lewis, in his characteristic, simple but clear way, said, oh, that's very simple. It's grace. The Bible is about the God of all grace. Friends, when we understand the Bible, we we are understanding that God is the God of all grace. He is the great shepherd of our souls. He is the one who has gone to seek and to save what was lost. He can restore a broken life. He can restore broken families. He can bring comfort and strength and restoration even to what appears to be the most helpless situation. That is the message of the Bible. Well, sixthly, the Bible will frame and form you from the cradle to the grave and beyond. That is, Paul says, it is useful for training in righteousness. What's this word training in righteousness? Well, it's talking about a framework for growth. It's talking about the same way a child may grow up in a loving family with ample sense of love and security and learning and education and discipline and skills. It is positioning us that enables us to be framed well for our life. We have a framework for our life. That just as a vine needs a trellis through and upon which to grow. The Word of God enables us to grow in a framework that is life-giving, helpful, healthy and advantageous. Well, all that might be well and good. But you might be asking, well, how do I do this? I mean, some people have said, well, I'm going to start at the beginning of the Bible and read right through. And that's not a bad thing to do. But I would say, particularly if you're new to the Christian faith, start with the New Testament. Start with uh, the Gospel of Mark. If you're from Islamic faith, you will probably find the book of Genesis very helpful, particularly from Abraham through to the end of Genesis, because it's the story of the beginning of faith. But whatever it is, Paul the Apostle in verse 14 says, continue. Continue in what you have learned. And if I could offer anything 
I would say the how of reading the Bible is simply to continue. Continue setting the alarm and reading early for 15 or 30 minutes or whatever per day. Per day. Continue reading and reflecting on it, maybe writing down some thoughts. Continue allowing the scripture to guide your prayers and fuel your faith. Continue to sit under the preaching and teaching of God's word in your local church. Continue letting it point you to Jesus. Continue, 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 continue. That is the big secret of reading the scriptures. It will strengthen you. The second thing I would say is from verse 16 where he says, let it make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That is, let the scriptures from Genesis right through to Samuel, to Psalms, to Isaiah, to the follower of Jesus, Matthew and John, to the letter to the book of Romans, to the early Christian disciple Titus, to the great finished book Revelation, let it all point you to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, like the Bible, is 100% God, 100% human, but he was without fault. Although the Bible is written by fallible people, but inspired by the infallible Holy Spirit, it points to Jesus who is infallibly God and infallibly man. He is the one who's human, crucified, risen, revealed by his spirit. And he will always be revealed in scripture if you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Friends, whenever you don't have an answer, the answer is Jesus. Well, the third thing is this. In verse 17, Paul says, So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What does that mean? Well, that word thoroughly equipped... It's the same word as a fully furnished. That is like a fully furnished house. It's not just a hallway rug. It's the right hallway rug. That is, read the Bible with the vision that the Bible has for your life. A life of following Jesus. A life of forgiveness. A life of hope. A life lived in the glory of the God of all grace with all of God's people, loving the world that he has made to give everyone every opportunity to know and follow him. A life with hope for the coming renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Read the Bible in the light of that as a fully furnished house. Friends, this is the power of reading the Bible. I hope that today this message is helping you to understand why it's important. What happens when we read the Bible, but also how to read the Bible. I wanted to close with just a few scriptures from the Bible about the Bible, from the Word of God about the Word of God. And maybe right now you want to just take a moment, maybe close your eyes just to hear these words. Let God speak to you by the Holy Spirit. And as I always do, as I read the Bible for myself and with others, I simply pray this prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you pray those words? Let, it, let the Holy Spirit now guide you. Maybe close your eyes and hear these words from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. It says, God spoke all these words. 
I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. In Deuteronomy 4 verse 10, Moses said, Remember the day you stood before the Lord. And he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words, so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. Come, Holy Spirit. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, the great King David said this, What more can I say to you? For you know your servant, Sovereign Lord, and for the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant how great you are, Sovereign Lord. There is no one like you and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears from your word. Psalm 18, verse 30. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. And he shields all who take refuge in him today. Would you take refuge in God's word? In Psalm 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. Proverbs 2, verse 11 to 13. Discretion, that is the word of God, will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked people, from people whose words are perverse. Jeremiah 8, 8 to 10 says this. The wise will be put to shame. They will be dismayed and trapped since they have rejected the word of the Lord. What kind of wisdom do they have? And Ezekiel, over and again, Ezekiel 17, 1, 17, 11, 18, 1, 20, verse 2, 20, verse 45, he says, The word of the Lord came to me. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Can you feel it? Can you feel the word of God coming to you? The word of the Lord came to me, he said. Ezekiel 20 verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Ezekiel 20 verse 45. The word of the Lord came to me. Friends, the word, I believe the Holy Spirit right now is just bringing the word of the Lord. The conviction that the Bible is the word of God. With that conviction, nothing will stop you. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus was confronted by the devil, but Jesus answered the devil. He said, it is written in the Bible, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Can you receive that? Maybe you're having a battle right now, but the Lord is saying, quote that scripture, stand firm, feed on the word of God, not what the devil might throw at you. John 6, verse 63, Jesus said, The Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, the Bible, they are full of the Spirit and life. In John 17, verse 17, Jesus says, Sanctify them, that is us, by the truth. Your word is truth. 
In Acts 4.31, it says, After the believers prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word of God boldly. In Hebrews 1 verse 3, we see that the Son of God, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, The Word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 8, Jesus was speaking to the church and He says, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word. You have not denied my name. And in Revelation 21 verse 5, He that is the Lord who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Friends, the Word of God, I just believe, is coming to you today, strengthening you, enabling you. And I I just want to pray in a moment for those who are at that cusp to say, yes, I'm ready to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. If that's you today, or maybe you've sort of believed, but you've had many questions about the Bible, welcome to the club. But there comes a point where we've got to say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. And I trust your word and I receive it as the word of God. What I understand, what I don't understand, but I accept it as the living word of God. Would you pray with me as we pray together? Loving God, I thank you that your word is true. I thank you for all these words that have been written, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by fallible people, but written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and ultimately pointing to Jesus Christ, who is the living word, glorified, risen, and here today. Lord Jesus, I pray for believers today who have struggled in their faith. Lord, that today they would hear the word of God that says, trust me. That faith will be strengthened by the hearing of that word. And right now I pray for those who right now are deciding to trust Jesus Christ for the first time, for the forgiveness of sins. And if you're ready to do that, then would you pray with me? In fact, everyone together, would you pray out loud with me to say, Lord Jesus Christ, I receive your word. I accept the promise of the forgiveness of sins. I accept that you rose from the dead. I accept that your Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. I ask that you receive me, that you fill me, that you guide me, that you lead me from this time forward. Amen. God bless you, folks. I want to encourage you to go online or check out with another believer. Get get hold of a Bible. Start reading the Gospel of Mark. Tell someone who's a believer to pray with you. Turn up next week. We're looking forward to a great Sunday in the house of God. God bless you.
Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you are able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.